everybody. This is Chris. And Kathy. We wanted to take a minute to thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate every listener and are grateful for this platform. Please help us share our vision by subscribing to our show through your favorite streaming app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Petability Podcast. Check out our ever-growing list of affiliates and sponsors. Simply go to the show notes for information and links. And be sure to use our promo code PETPOD22, that's P-E-T-P-O-D-2-2, on checkout to receive your discount from our affiliates. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Alon Landa, CEO of MedcoVet, and I'm a proud sponsor of PetAbility. We decided to partner with Chris and Kathy because, like them, we want to empower all pet owners who are trying to do the most for their pets. At MedcoVet, we specialize in advanced home laser therapy for pets. Laser therapy is a safe and effective treatment for common conditions like arthritis and wounds, and it relieves pain for most conditions caused by inflammation. With MedcoVet, pet owners can perform this treatment at home while receiving support from experienced clinicians. If you think your pet would benefit from healing at home, visit MedcoVet.com, and one of our clinical experts will work with you to determine if home laser therapy is the right fit for you and your pet. Tell them PetAbility sent you. Welcome to PetAbility. I'm your host, Kathy Simon, certified veterinary technician and certified canine rehabilitation practitioner. And I'm your host, Chris Cranston, licensed physical therapist and small animal physical rehabilitationist. Our podcast provides interviews and information to help your pets live their best lives. Hello, Kathy. What's going on? Good morning, Chris. I have some news to share with you today. Ooh. Um, do you remember when I talked to you about applying to the International Association for Animal Hospice and Palliative Care Program? Do you remember that conversation? I do, but you've got a lot of irons in the fire. So elaborate, please. I applied to be in their program and they accepted me. So now I'm studying to become a certified hospice and palliative care technician. I'm really excited about it. And it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And I just continue to feel that calling. And so I, I applied and they took me in. Well, and why wouldn't they? They accepted me. Um, <laughs> she, she acts so shocked, ladies and gentlemen. Accepted me. First of all, I need to I need to interject here because my podcast partner Kathy and I have known each other for like I don't know over twenty years. She's brilliant. I've learned so many things from her, and of course, they accepted her. And this this is your jam, Kathy. You you I mean this end of life stuff and. And you say like the older and, and more differently able, the better. This is a perfect fit for you. Right. And think about all the things that I can offer with a combination of rehabilitation and palliative care and hospice. Uh, so many things from, you know, teaching owners how to even modify their pet's environment, adding to or contributing to that pet's pain management program, uh, maintaining mobility and independence. I'm just really excited about it. And I've always felt like, you know, the end of your pet's life is just as important as the beginning. And these pets deserve the love and the care and the respect uh, that they deserve uh, to make their to make a graceful exit. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that important. So here's to 12 to 15 months of classwork, case studies, paperwork and exams. <laughs> 
Congratulations. I'm very Thank proud you. of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm set to graduate in uh, August of 2024. So I'm sure we'll talk about this again. So thank you, Chris. Awesome. So now on to our show. I invited my friend, Diane Dewberry from the Healthy Animal Healing Center to talk on our show about flower essences, or as I call them, Chris, the power of the flower. Oh, nice. <laughs> and and I think the audience may be familiar with one of the most recognized blends that's out there is uh, Rescue Remedy. So our audience may be familiar with some types of uh, flower essences. And actually learning from Diane about flower essence for me was also part of this journey to hospice and palliative care and sort of truly understanding how important our pet's emotional well-being is the power of that mind-body connection, and the importance of, of that balance. And as you know, before I had Mac, I had another pug named Digger who was blind. And Digger had a condition called sudden acquired retinal degeneration syndrome. So he lost his vision very quickly over a period of just a few weeks. He was surrendered to a reputable foster-based organization. And shortly after that, he was adopted by us. And it was clear in the beginning that that Digger was pretty emotionally shut down. And understandably, you know, he had been through a lot in a very short time, time frame. You know, and as we got to know him and he opened up, we could see that he had some significant emotional triggers. And one of them was crying children. Anytime he heard it on the television or outside, he would just... He would start barking and crying and growling and he was really agitated and shaking and it could wake him out of a dead sleep, you know, and even to this day, if Tom and I hear a child crying on the television, we rush to turn the, you know, we rush to turn the sound off, you know, because it was that significant for him. And um, he also had a fear of, of men, you know, not all men. He was doing great with my husband, but he had fear of, you know, some men. And so I reached out to Diane who made Digger a blended formula of essences. And I remember not long after that, visiting her store and Digger let some man pet him. And Diane and I were like, <gasps> and it was just this huge breakthrough, right? He was calm. He let the, the gentleman uh, pat him. He even solicited a little bit of attention from him, which was really exciting to see. I had this amazing picture of Digger where we took him to a pug meetup and he sought out and wandered into the center of this group of children. And these kids were just so gentle with him and so respectful, but they were all petting him at the same time. And he was just sitting there letting them do it. And I was like, wow, I mean, that's powerful. It's, it, it was as if these essences allowed him to release these traumas and open up to the guy you know, that he was. And he then became a dog that like loved new adventures and going places. And it was a life altering event for him. Yeah. So it was, it, really it truly sounds um, transformational. It really was. And it happened much faster than I thought too. It was within a short period of time of starting this. And then Tom and I were like, is this really happening? And it was, it was really happening. But I digress. Let me tell you a little bit about Diane. I'm going to stop talking about me and I'll tell you a little bit more about my friend Diane before we dive in. Diane opened the Healthy Animal Healing Center in Pembroke, Massachusetts in 2002 with the goal of improving the health and well-being of animals by integrating fresh food diets, supplements, energetic healing, and flower essences providing a holistic approach to helping pet parents create a happy, healthy, balanced pet. 
Now, Diane has been studying the science and art of animal nutrition and animal intuitive healing for over 30 years. Her dedication to promoting the well-being of animals extends into educating the pet owner about the benefits of holistic care and empowering them to make informed decisions for their pets. And so through the Healthy Animal Healing Center, she's created a haven of compassion and healing, providing a beacon of hope for animals and their human guardians. And most importantly is that Diane, along with the staff at the Duxbury Animal Shelter, connected us with Mac. So for that, we are eternally grateful. So please welcome to the show, my friend and one of Mac's angels, Diane Dewberry. Welcome, Diane. Happy to talk to you today. Thank you for letting me be here. I love the thing about you doing hospice because I think it's such a wonderful thing to be able to do. And I'm so happy you do that. And when you start doing it, please let me know because there's plenty of flower essences that can really help for hospice. I'm, I'd be happy to help you with that. So I'm just- connect on that level for sure, Diane. I, I think that that's going to be a great addition to my journey. <laughs> I'd like to interject here, Diane. I have a confession to make. I may be during this chat, like the, you know, average pet owner that really hasn't heard of the term flower essences. And when Kathy brought it up, I'm like, sure, you know, because I knew you guys were connected and I trusted Kathy and, you know, and I thought this is great. And and she says, well, rescue remedy is a flower essence, as mentioned earlier. And I'm like, oh, well, I certainly know rescue remedy. I think I was first introduced to that, gosh, Kathy, almost 20 years ago with Prince. Right. Yeah. So a Doberman that was down and he was anxious and uh, and I was helping in his care at the facility that Kathy worked at the time. And that was my first exposure. So I'm thrilled to be to learn more from you today, Diane. I'm very excited to get into this. Most people, um, they do know Rescue Remedy and you can get it so many different places. And it's just, it's a good thing to always have on hand is to have that remedy because it really helps for so many different things. And that's first like a go-to to have. It's always wonderful to have in your cabinet. Um, and then there's what I find about people don't look at rescue remedy as flower essences. And so it, flower essences is sort of like a modality that was um, started off in the 30s from Dr. Bach, but um, was really, um, he brought that to forward. So more people use it now because he was a doctor, but it's been using, it's been really used for centuries by different indigenous um, countries and how they use it in separate different ways. But I found flower essences many, many years ago, like maybe 30 years ago, just unexpectedly and didn't even really know too much about them. But I brought them in my grooming shop. Four computers were out and you really couldn't do a lot of research. And I found this one particular company called Pet Essences. And I said, oh, I'm going to bring it in. It sounds fascinating because I was really into that esoteric and just, well, just vibrational energy medicine. So um, I brought them in and didn't really know anything about them. But the beauty about her essences is that she blends them because you can take all these different flowers and blend them depending on what kind of behaviors are presenting itself. So she has one that says anxiety and fear, and it does exactly what that it helps with anxiety and fear so you have to always look at that behavior but i started using them on my animals and i was really just amazed at the the change in them 
but I still didn't understand them until I used to go to this wonderful holistic bed up the North Shore. And she goes, and she was really into flower essences. And she had been, you know, she was a certified practitioner. And she said, if you really want to know about flower essences, then you should take flower essence therapy for yourself. And I went, okay. You know, and 30 years ago, I was, you know, always taking classes and doing all sorts of things. And so I went to her teacher, David Dalton with Delta Gardens. And to this day, I still take classes. He's my mentor. And I started taking flower essence therapy and was absolutely blown away by how it affected my emotional body and my my life. I was absolutely amazed. And I said, wow, this can do this for me. You know, it's so wonderful what it can do for animals and all their different behaviors because we live so close together. You know, animals, our dogs and cats live with humans. So we really need to... Um, put that together. And it was just, a, it was just wonderful. I was so thrilled about it. So I started taking his um, flower essence practitioner course and I took it twice. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that good, right? It was so good. Yeah. yeah. It was so much fun. And I said, okay, I think I'm going to take it again a few years later. Cause you know, you get busy, you do this, you do that and you don't put it all together. And so then I said, oh, I just, you know, it kept coming back and I could see how wonderfully it worked. Um, because it's so non-toxic, you could use it with anything. They're inexpensive. You can get them in many different places. And there's it's just such a great modality to use. I was just absolutely fascinated by this. And it's it's been one of my um, main modalities that I really want to continue to work with. So Diane, you know, you keep referring to the the term flower essences, and I guess I don't really understand what that means. I mean, are they like taking a a flower like lavender or something and like squeezing the juice out of it and creating uh, an essence? Is it something they ingest? Is it something they smell? I'm I would love for you to elaborate on that because I'm still in the dark. So flower essences are made um, to me. They're like plant spirit medicine, but in a liquid form. So you take the flowers at when they're bloomed and you put them in water, like in a bowl. And I always use a glass bowl and um, I always use natural water and you put it in the sunlight anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. Some people even use less. So it takes in the vibrational imprint of that flower. Every flower has an imprint. So I always use the example of like Snapdragon. You know how Snapdragon has that little funny little snappy like? So mm -hmm. that is good for dogs that have a lot of tension in their jaws and that are biters. So that what so that sort of gives an, a little bit of an explanation. So you're really taking on that vibrational remedy and putting it in, and you then you put it in a a bottle with the water and then I put a preservative in. I use brandy. And then you can take like out of like maybe oh like a half a gallon of this that will last me years because you use very little of it and you just taking the mother bottle and you just make your dosage bottles out. And they last a long time as long as you use a preservative and and keep them, you know, you don't keep them in heat or out in the sunlight after you do that. And it really is a wonderful form of healing. How do you determine which flowers you're going to blend? So let's say, you know, let's go back to Digger, for instance. We had talked about him being afraid of frying children. What did you put together? Uh, what did you mix together to make that combination? It was almost like, 
I, I want to say it was a custom sort of thing yes. for his behavior. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So every animal, I always look at what's being presented. So when you have, uh, you know, you find out what the behaviors are, that's the observation or intuitive work, and then you can see what's really bothering that animal on emotional level with a couple of few companies that I really like. Um, and the first thing that I do is I look, is that animal grounded? Do we need to ground that that animal? And so I use a lot of trees. And then I also look at the chakra system you know, and see what kind of chakra essence can I use for that animal. And then I always look at something to calm the animal down and and a release. So I always use marshmallow, um, every single animal that I do, because it really does put like, it's like soft, soft pillows around the the dog. That's what it feels like, because you're really supporting that emotional body um, as they're releasing trauma. And sometimes I use milk thistle. Sometimes I use other things. It really depends. So um, I really work sort of like from the ground up, depending on the worst, you know, the worst behaviors that are presenting itself, because you want to get to that root cause. And with animals, it's a lot easier because um, they don't have as much baggage as we do. We don't have to, they don't have as many layers. So sometimes it can be very transformative, as you saw, and other times it depends on how much trauma the dog has had. But it so that's how I make a custom blend is I always look to see how sensitive that animal is, how stressed that animal is, how, how much trauma. And it's easy to sort of like place the behavior with the essences. And that's where the beauty of it is. It's really beautiful to see, like in your case with Digger, um, he was really transformed very quickly. So it's always nice to observe and to see which ones are the correct ones to use. I'm struck, Diane, by how seemingly literal it is. So you're like, if the dog needs grounded, I'm going to go to trees. And you think about trees being rooted deeply into the earth. And, you know, snapdragon for a dog that's snappy and, you know, the marshmallows as a pillow of comfort. That's it's literal. what the word is. Surprising. Um, so interesting, et cetera. Yeah. I think it's so easy for, for people to really look at flower essences and they're so inexpensive. And I'll, I'll mention a few companies that really do very well with animals and it's, and if, if you get the wrong one, it doesn't matter. It's totally negated. It's not going to do anything at all. And I really like using them with cats too, because, you know, cats are so energetic and they're very complicated. So those, um, it's easy, it's wonderful for cats too. So it's a really inexpensive modality for people to start looking into because a lot of people don't know about flower essences at all. And I really think it's it's a wonderful bi vibrational healing tool to help animals with their behaviors sort of get past that trauma. And it's really beautiful in releasing trauma because that when they do get the trauma, it's just like people, it gets into their cells. You know, you really need to sort of move that. And if the animal is too sensitive and has a lot going on, you don't, you want to do it slowly, very slowly. And that can, can be done. So it's just you know, uh, there's just so many essences that help so many situations with animals. It's interesting to me that you say that the cats are more complicated. And I think you're right. I think that there's something going on with them that makes them, I don't know, either maybe perhaps they're more connected to things that are happening in the universe. I'm not sure. But I think people don't always think about their cats 
emotional life or their emotional trauma. I'm not sure why that is. I think hardcore cat people probably do, but uh, maybe you don't think about that, but that happens to cats too. And uh, interestingly enough, it actually happens to birds. And, and Diane has treated a few of our patients with flower essences with birds because they, they can also hold a lot of emotional trauma and have a lot of behaviors that are maybe naughty or destructive that are outside their normal sort of natural like shredding and stuff like that. So we've used them with birds too and pretty successfully. So I, I guess I wanted to say is that any of our pets could have or holds emotional trauma. Yes. And you know, you find it so interesting. You could use it on any any animal. Like I I have this big bay window in um my house and always in the spring I hear thud and the birds are always going into it. No matter what I do to try to deter that, sometimes the little ones don't make it, but the bigger ones always do. And they're always in a place of shock. So I just grab like, it, it's like Rescue Remedy, but it's another company that I use called Emergency. And I just put it in my hands and I rub it on the bird. And it it, it really does help. You see them sort of come out of it yeah. and then they just fly away. And I have a parrot who's had a couple of accidents in this past accident that she had very traumatic. And I, one day I could hear my little leopard making all this noise. And I went, wow, she never makes that noise. So I went into my office where I keep the bird and Ollie was actually having, I thought she was having a seizure, but I truly believe she was having a panic attack. So I sprayed her with this emergency uh, remedy. I put it in the spray bottle after I, you know, put her in a towel so she could relax. So she did, wouldn't fall off her perch. And I sprayed her with it and she immediately came out of it. It was so, really wonderful to see. So am I hearing, Diane, that, you know, again, when earlier I was confused about, you know, how it's delivered and you talked about how it's made. So obviously it's a liquid, but it can be topical and or orally ingested. What is the most common method of delivery? Well, there's a lot of different ways. Um, I like it directly in the mouth with dogs, but sometimes you just can't do that. They're going to go, oh, you're not putting that in my mouth because it does have a little bit of brandy. But a lot of times dogs, I hear clients say, oh, it came right up, opened his mouth and I could just put it in. He really wanted it. So that's some animals just intuitively know they need it. And other times you can put it like on the inside of the ears or you can put it on a soft cookie that's going to be absorbed through it. So there's many different ways. You can always keep it in their water. So, but I like to, if you can, I always like it um, directly in the animal's mouth. With cats, forget it. That's not going to happen. But, and like so, you said, with, with birds, then you like you rubbed it on or. I did a spray. Yeah. And my other one. She doesn't like sprays. So I just put it in her. She's got like a little bowl where she takes baths. So um, I, I'll put it in there because she takes a bath every morning. So okay. I think you have to know every animal and which way they're going to be able to um, take it in. But there's always a way. There's always mm -hmm. a way to put it in there with cats. You just, I put it either on my hands and rub it in or I'll put it on their coat and then pet it so it doesn't fall off. And, you know, when you seem to put it on a cat, they're going to lick it right off because mm. you put Good point. Um, what do you think is the most significant or maybe the most emotional trauma you see from pets? Is it, you know, I don't know, being adopted? Is it some type of physical or a physical trauma, like being hit by a car? Like, what's the most common thing um, that we see that you're treating? Trauma is definitely the biggest one. And now that we're so many dogs are coming up from down south, I find the biggest part of that is a couple of different reasons. One of them is the the travel up. 
in these where however they're traveled into because they're young puppies, you know, they have to be contained and it's very scary for them. A lot of them, some of them are just fine, but a lot of them that have had that trauma before, it's very scary for them. They don't know where they're going. There's a lot of noise. It's it's bumpy. It's sometimes dark. They just, um, it's, it's very scary for them. Close um, proximity with other animals that they don't know and- Oh, sure. Yeah, all that the, has to be scary. Yes. And so all these different smells, you're leaving one area where these animals are so used to certain smells, and then you're coming to another part of the country where it smells totally different to them. And there's just so much fear involved from all the other animals that it's sort of like gets this collective of energy and they all um, you know, feel the same thing. So that's something I find is very prominent in, in animals because they don't want to go in a car or they have a huge abandonment issues. And another thing is they don't have a, a lot of, well, I'm going to say this on the intuitive part that I do, a, a lot of their, which they get it through the, I'm just going to say the, the womb from their mother usually, or their father it could be, is a lot of terror and fear because those animals had a lot of trauma and a lot of, uh, maybe they didn't want to have a litter or they went in in a spot where it was very difficult for them or they had a lot of birth trauma. And so a lot of this birth trauma that people have no idea that they've had comes along with it. So it just accumulates, you know, they're born with birth trauma, their, their mother had fear. And so it just comes through the womb and it creates sort of like this snowstorm. And it just continues as you keep adding to these things. And even though people are always wonderful and good and they're doing their best that they can, that's that's a lot what I see. Does it get hardwired in there? Is that yes. Yes. hardwired? Yeah. Well, yeah. and again, plain devil's advocate here, ladies. I mean, you're you have experience with mm-hmm. this modality, you know, mm-hmm. decades in your case, Diane. So just to clarify, it seems as though flower essences are used for psycho-emotional well-being. It's not a physical modality, like you wouldn't use it to, I don't know, you know, fix uh, cancer or an orthopedic yeah. issue or what have you. It's it's the, quote, emotional trauma that may surround that. You know, how did they get that issue? But it's not going to, am, am I making my, my making oh, sense? It uh, seems yes. behavioral yes. and yeah. Okay. It's that emotional balance that you're always looking at. So dogs, you know, you're always looking for that balance and harmony because it's not the animals are naturally born to feel, you know, the earth that, you know, the connection to, to nature. And of course, humans, you know, we, we bring them in, of course, they, they live with us. And a lot of times they're not able to get out and a lot of times they're isolated, so they're not able to be with a lot of dogs. And so a lot of them don't even know how to be a dog, you know, because a lot of people isolate them. So, and there are ways to do that. So, you know, you can bring them back to nature. And then when they have the emotional balance, they can go anywhere. Um, It's just finding that behavior and looking at that. And a lot of people that live with them I think it's just another form of a little bit of a learning curve, but it's very easy with flower essences like the Bach essences. They have a wonderful um, book that's called Bach Flower Remedies for Animals, and it's wonderful. It just gives you all this information. It's a very inexpensive book. And again, it tells you exactly what to use and to look for. And, you know, you can play with it. You're not going to you're not going to hurt your animal by using these. So it's really kind of a fun way to do a little if you notice that your dog has some behavior issues that you'd like to help them with. Kathy, do you remember when we talked to uh, Dr. Terry Bright, a behaviorist? She was very clear in saying, you know, a dog is a dog. And Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to paraphrase here, but almost like we've done a disservice bringing them into our homes and, and treating them like children in a certain way. And so this, this all makes sense when you think about, you know, their roots and, and how quickly dogs in particular have evolved to be our companions. And we don't always think about the stress that, that we may be imparting to them. You know, we're, we're a little bit selfish and that, you know, we want them to cuddle and we want them to sleep in our bed. And that's unnatural for a lot of dogs. I would say that Mac is a pretty um, emotionally confident dude. He's pretty, he's pretty confident with himself, but the happiest he is, is uh, when we take him hiking. That's the happiest we see him in. And he's happy in a lot of situations, but I feel like his emotional well-being, the most happy he feels or the most joy he feels is us taking him on a woods walk. And we just came back from New Hampshire on a vacation, which we centered the whole vacation around Mac, basically, which is pretty much our lives. But but we picked trails and went hiking every day on those trails. And um, it just, yeah, I, I just could feel that he felt that, you know, he, he could feel his feet on the ground. He was walking over rocks and climbing over, you know, little, little streams. And um, I could just feel that, you know, he could feel it through his feet, feel it through his body. And I think that's his most happiest. Hey, Chris, I'd like to take a little break right now, if you don't mind, and talk a little bit about our sponsor, MedcoVet. And they have a home laser therapy device called the MedcoVet Luma that is prescribed by your veterinarian or your rehab clinician. And the treatments are carried out at home by the owner. Some of you folks out there may be familiar with laser therapy, therapeutic laser, cold laser, photobiomodulation. That's what this is. And it's really taken off in veterinary medicine to expedite healing, decrease inflammation, and add comfort for our pets. It's an excellent tool. Clinicians who are out there, veterinarians who are out there, this is an excellent way to supplement your therapy treatments. And it's so easy to use. Uh, veterinarians or clinicians, you sign your patients up, you monitor their treatments via the MedcoVet app, you set the dosage, you set the time, and you pick the areas of treatment and the owners carry this out at home. They can communicate with you via the MedcoVet app. They can send pictures, updates, and video. It really is a simple and easy process. I know a, a phrase that I often hear from the company is that it actually extends veterinary medicine into the home. And what's so important about this particular home device is that it is 100% eye safe and also meets the guidelines of the World Association of Laser Therapy, or WALT. And WALT came out with guidelines for both the human side and the veterinary side, the animal side, of using light therapy and developing protocols and what specifications the devices should have in order to create this therapeutic effect. And the MedcoVet Luma meets all of those guidelines. To find out more information about the MedcoVet Luma, please visit MedcoVet.com. That's M-E-D-C-O-V-E-T.com. They are a wonderful sponsor of the Petability Podcast, and we are so happy to partner with them. So Diane, you know, you've alluded that flower ants essences are completely safe, that even if you don't have exactly the right one, it's not going to cause any, any problems. Can flower essences be used preventatively to further enhance our pet's well-being? And, and then in that case, if we're not seeing anything in particular, how would we know what to choose? I don't really use them if I find a really well-balanced dog. 
because if they have the right environment and they're socialized well and the behavior is great and they're very happy, I don't see the need to do that. I mean, you can, you certainly can do that. And there's, there's some essences that you can use to always keep them happy or always keep them grounded. Diane, the loaded question. So how do we know if the flower essence that that we are using is working or providing the maximum benefit that it potentially could? So obviously you're using this to either change your behavior or look for different signs that, you know, the nervousness, anxiousness, and it's sometimes it's subtle, but sometimes it's, it's pretty much, it can be right away. So you'll always see a behavior change. You'll always see a body change. You'll able, you will definitely be able to notice that. There's a, it, like the first time I used essences on a dog that I had a long, long time ago, she was very primitive and she was just a woman. And, but she had trauma uh, that I wasn't aware of. And so, um, and I went to my teacher, David Dalton, and on one of the flowers that was in the blend that he had was milk thistle, which I use a lot for release of trauma. And he said, well, she'll either sleep a lot or go to the bathroom a lot. And I wanted the sleep a lot, which she did. And, uh, and this was a dog that didn't sleep much. She was up and ready to go. And I was like, and she was out. <laughs> and it was so interesting to see her after she woke up. It was so, you could just see it in her eyes, her behavior. There was a softness um, and it continued to be that way. She was still herself, but the anxiousness of certain things that triggered her weren't there. And I had her on essences a few months. And then after that, I really didn't need it. She had really, the trauma had passed or moved through her body and it was worked out. You know, she worked it out because she was a dog that had to be outside all the time. And it was really good for her. She'd just hang out in the yard for hours. And being down, and she'd always sit underneath trees. And that was so helpful for her. But people can just, they'll even notice it with their cats. It's just, even with their eyes, the body, it's just a, a softness. There's always a change. Always, mm-hmm. could be subtle, but there's always a change. That's what we noticed with Digger. There was just this softness about mm-hmm. him after that. And even the fact that he like wandered into like a little group of children to just sit <laughs> and let them pat him was amazing. But also it probably felt really good for him too. Like, this is yes. okay. This is safe. I feel confident. I feel balanced. And I'm going to let these children, you know, pet me. And and there was a softness to it. And, and honestly, I think he enjoyed it. <laughs> that that time he enjoyed it. <laughs> You kind of touched on my follow-up because you said she didn't need it anymore. And that was going to be my question. Like, once you discover, you know, what works for a particular pet, do they need to remain on the flower essence for their entire life? I'm sure some may, but others, as you said, can kind of work through this emotional trauma and be better and not need it. Is that true? Yes. And so there are some dogs that have a lot of trauma and those in particular, I will ask to, you know, let's do a three month or let's do a four month. And very rarely is it longer than that if, or if they've just been traumatized really bad. But I think animals just innately, if they get the right tools, they know how to rebalance. You know, it's part of their nature. And and if we, we also let them be a dog, it's so important. They need to be outside. They you know, so many animals live with people and 
they're so young, they get imprinted to human behaviors. And so they don't, you know, they don't know how to be a dog. But when you give them the right tools, it's like an awakening for them to go, wow, I'm a dog. I want to be outside. I want to be with other dogs. Or I just want to feel um, the ground underneath my feet for a long period of time. And, and, and they're more, again, like Kathy said, confident. You know, they're able to go out. A lot of these dogs don't have confidence. It's, it's because they just don't have it. They're fearful. Diane, what about grief in animals? I mean, I, I think people have asked me on, on many occasions, actually, it's a very common question I get about their pets mourning the loss of some someone, either their owner or their other housemate, the other dog or the other cat. And um, it's my belief, I, I do think that these animals experience what I'm going to call either grief or a mourning period. It, are flower essences helpful for that stage for pets who have lost? Yes, because grief is huge. If they're not watching for the behaviors or really connected to their animals as certain, you know, as we are, um, some people just aren't. Um, the grief is huge in dogs. And there's so many flower essences that really help with that. Like I use like Lily of the Valley. There's so many different ones. And a lot of times I'll use borage just to help animals for depression. And it it's like the, it's a glad, happy herb. So it brings so many things around to them. So there, it's a huge issue with animals. Grief is a big one, you know, whether they use a they lose a human or they lose another a sibling or just um, another friend that they live with. So it's really, it's really huge. And so Diane, because of its, because of how safe it is to use flower essence, I can use it right in combination with all my other modalities in rehab, right? I can use them with laser therapy or any other type of chiropractic, acupuncture. Do they complement each other? They do. And so they really do complement each other. And in fact, sometimes they enhance. A lot of people will use flower essences on acupuncture points because it really enhances that um, activity or the moving of the energy. So a lot of times that helps. Or massage. It's great for massage. You can put it on, again, their points or your hands and just work into that animal's body. And it really does help it into, it's another form of getting into that. So into the body, but it's great for all of those um, modalities that are hands-on and are, and are very energetic in a physical way or an energetic way like acupuncture. Right. And we're moving stuff when we're doing tissue work, we're moving stuff. Yeah. Too, so yeah, that's exciting. I might just add that into my therapy plans. <laughs> oh, oh be, be happy to help you. It's just Thank amazing. You. It really yeah. is. And the the beauty of it is that you get it in your system too. So a lot of these times when I give uh, flower essences to their pet, I also give them to the pet parent because these animals uh, many times will have the same issue that the pet parent has, uh, sometimes behavior and physical. It's crazy. Sometimes I have clients who actually even have the same disease process yes. as yes. they have the same disease process as them. And I think I'm like, wow, that yes. can't be a coincidence. You know, it's not. It happens all the time. We talk to people all the time and I'll go, you know, so you'd be talking to people and they'll be telling you about their dog's stomach issue. Again, digestion is one of the huge ones. And when you're talking about them and they'll all of a sudden, I've got that same thing. And so it's just... And so we're not surprised. But that's how bonded we are to them, you know? We yes. Share everything, yes. our energy, everything, you know? Yes. I just kind of want to piggyback on that and say, too, then there's no contraindication with 
more conventional Western medicine sorts of things either. Because Kathy mentioned some of the holistic treatments, you know, that that we use or interact with in terms of rehab, but, you know, specific medications and, you know, vaccines and things that are, are very rooted in Western medicine. There's no contraindication there. None. And that's the beauty of this because it is so non-toxic that you can use it literally with anything. It is the safest modality to use because again, um, it doesn't interfere with anything. You can even use it with homeopathy. It's just so safe. And and even maybe a pregnant mother, she she can pass that on, right? That's safe for them as well. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes- Get that trauma before they come out. (laughs) Right, right. We want to work on that. Yeah. So there's so many different ways to use those essences. Yeah. And and that's what I like about the flower essences is that, again, you can use it on any animal and, and on any behavior and on any physical, anything, with anything. It's just so simple to use. You say that, that it's simple, but that was going to be my next question because I'm like, how how would we know? Do we have to go to somebody who's an expert to learn you know, which essence to choose? How do you know which brands are good or not? How do you dose it? Can can one overdose or underdose? With flower essences, um, it's really a vibrational remedy. So there's not like you have to be careful for giving a chihuahua, a, a five pound chihuahua to um, a 150 pound dog or even a horse for that matter. So like the doses, I dose the same as for a five pound dog as I would for a 150-pound dog. There's no difference at all. And the dose actually, Chris, you know, is is pretty much in drops. It's really, yes. it's not a, a, I mean, you might be thinking of how you give your dog medication and they give you a big syringe. It's, it's, a very <laughs> few, it's just a few drops typically, right, Diane? Yes. Yeah, so I would, most of the time, I'll either say three drops three times a day or five drops three times a day, depending on the animal and depending on what I'm, I'm shown. So, and that's it. And you're just using one little, you know, these little drops. And I, I usually give a bottle for a month. And so that's usually like a one ounce bottle. And that will last somebody um, sometimes over a month. But that's that's all you need to use. And sometimes if people are really even nervous about giving it in their mouth or in a cookie, or there's no way the dog's going to take it. You just put it in your hands and you start at the top of the head and you work all the way down to that body because that's really like, number one, you're touching the body. There's that energy field that's moving. And so it's getting into that body. It's getting into that vibrational field um, and, and helping that dog. Yeah. So there's a way, even cats, again, that's a great way for cats, but any animal, you can do that too. So conversely, as opposed to overdosing, can an animal acclimate to it so that it's no longer effective and you need to switch things up? Yeah, I like to switch things up. So when, um, because let's say you you get to one root cause and it's released, you don't need to work on that anymore. I always switch up essences every month. I might keep a few flowers in there because I see how well the dog is doing on certain things, but I'll remove and replace other things that I want to work on. Or the pet parent is saying, well, this is what's presenting itself with the animal. Or I'll have them come in and they just, you know, we just talk about a lot of things. And and once people 
start using the essences and they're using it, there's just this awareness and this a connection that they really get like, oh boy, I want to keep doing this. And they and they also use them for themselves too. A lady that come, came in here, I never suggested them for the cats because she never asked me, but she was very stressed and she'd been a longtime client. And I said, you know what, just take this bottle. It was called Calm. And I said, just take like five drops three times a day. Well, she did. So every time she comes back to shop for her cat, she gets a bottle. She goes, where's that calming bottle? I need it. And so <laughs> I need that. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I think after Digger passed that you had recommended something for me, I believe it was called grief relief because I was, yeah. having, was having a hard time with his passing. Yeah. It, it just allowed me to, you know, I was having like, I was crying at work and stuff like yeah. that. But, yeah. but oh, sure. relief, it, it allowed me to get them out in short, my grief out in little short manageable doses. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, I was able to, you know, over time just absorb or, or feel the grief, but in, in not so dramatic ways, maybe. And it really helped me through a very difficult time after, you know, after he passed. And um, I used that for probably, I want to say at least a month, maybe two months, but it was yes. very effective. And I stopped crying at work. So that was good. Right. Right. And, you know, um, I have to say, I'm glad you brought up grief because grief is one of the, I feel, one of the biggest emotions for humans when they lose a pet and also for the pet, too. But the human really has a hard time. And a lot of times they don't want to say anything. But many, of course, they can hear because we're, we we have that kind of environment. And it grief is a huge emotion for people. It's just a feeling that you really want to help these people along the way because it's so important. Grief is really important. It is. And and I believe there's a term for it. And I think it's called disenfranchised grief where yeah. society doesn't recognize no. that particular grief as being as intense as it is. And people are often embarrassed, you're right, to discuss the fact that they have grief over their pet. But some people are closer to their pets than they are to any other human on the planet. Oh, um, so, yes. yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> yes. uh, so, yeah, yeah, I'm glad we brought that up too. I think grief is a big one for people and for pets. Yeah, it really is. And I think I, I, I'm glad now they have like a lot of um, grief emotional support. A lot of animal communicators have those like groups online because you need support sometimes on a continual basis. And it's very helpful for people. And then you have people that get together that have the same feelings or emotions that they do because they want to work on that that grief. And so when you're with like-minded people, you're, you're able to really release that and feel a little bit better. And just sometimes just to talk about it, your life with that animal and what it, what it meant to you is really important. Kathy, don't you think that we should introduce flower essences to our friend, Sam Hankey, because she is an extraordinary massage therapist that we both work closely with, but also a Reiki master. And I think that, that this would be a great augmentation to her practice. Right. She does cranial sacral work and uh, and she is also an intuitive. So she treats intuitively. Yep. And uh, okay. Mac, has seen her, yeah, Mac has seen her on a few occasions. And Mac can be a little bit of a wild child when it comes to accepting um, help. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like he's sure. kind of like a manly dude. He wants to do it on his own. Yes. But but, yep. but yeah. Sam has really, um, yeah, she's really worked hard at building a relationship with him. But yes, I think that would be a wonderful combination. Yes. Mm -hmm. The she work and how she works intuitively. Yeah. And we've interviewed Thanks. her as well. So if you like this podcast, uh, check that one out. Yeah. So as um, we're, you know, kind of closing things, I want to get back to 
the the question I had before with do we need to find someone like you, Diane, to help us along this journey? Or can people shop online like we're all doing these days and just mm-hmm. read descriptions and say, yes, I think this may help my pet? Again, I know with other holistic types of treatments, because these types of things aren't FDA regulated. And so, you know, quality of products can be all over the place. Are there certain brands as somebody who studied this for decades that you would recommend? How does our listener who may not be in touch with somebody such as yourself go about finding flower essences? So I would, and again, it's so easy for people to be able to do this. Um, It's uh, one of the companies is the Bach. Everybody knows the Bach flowers. And so they have an online thing and they teach a lot about animals. Like they have this, they have it in England. Um, you can either go there or they have online. Um, you can learn about these flower essences. Or sometimes you can just go on um, the Bach Flower Remedies and they'll have um, lots of information that will help you just learn a little bit what you need to know. You don't need to know a huge amount. I mean, I do this for certain work for many different reasons, but for just for people, layman's terms, there's so much information out there. The Bach flower essences, the FES, the flower essence studies, they're out in California. They're huge into that. You can just put FES flower essences. They're a huge company. They were one of the first and they're wonderful. They have a lot of things on animals. And then also the um, Alaskan essences. One of the women that heads that up, she's a communicator and they have wonderful essences uh, for people and pets. She's, they're just a wealth of knowledge. So, um, and Delta Gardens has a lot out there too. So there's so many. Oh, and there's one in particular that I think everybody will like. And her name is Molly Sheehan and she's from Green Hope Farm in New Hampshire. And she has a whole site just for animals. And I think, Diane, if I'm correct, they can people can actually go to your website, right, at yes. uh, the Healthy Animal Healing Center, and there's a guide uh, yes. that you can download. Yes. Yep. Yep. They can certainly do that. We'll put that in our show notes. Yeah. One more question. You alluded that FES has a lot of studies mm-hmm. and things. And Kathy, I think you you mentioned to me there was a study done that talked about the effectiveness of lavender. Deborah Wells did a study on the effects of lavender with dogs that have travel-induced anxiety, and and it was favorable. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I I know I had some essential oils and things in my um, practice at Flow Dog, and it was lavender, and and I I would say to, you know, even put it on like a kerchief and have the dog wear it around its neck or whatever, and, you know, again, it's just one of those subtle multimodal approaches mm-hmm. to helping, you know, pets with potential anxiety and and so forth. Diane, I'm just curious if there is not a brand or a blend, but you know, we were just talking about lavender. Would you say that there is one flower, fl- you know, a singular flower essence that you think is the most commonly used either in your practice or, you know, as you've mentioned these other folks? Mm-hmm. A couple that I use a lot is the linden tree because it's, I personally use it myself because it's good for anxiety and worry and it's very angelic in its being. And like, I can just sit under, I have a, luckily I have a linden tree in my big yard, didn't know it for 17 years, just the beautiful tree. 
And when you sit underneath that, and the dogs sit underneath that all the time, it's like you just you're just calm and you're happy. It's like things release. It's just the most wonderful essence. Another one that I use, um, a lot of people will use is Star of Bethlehem. And that's good for a shock, trauma. And it really is helpful for a lot of dogs. And again, I like so many different trees, but there's a few that people can always get. Like again, Star of Bethlehem, the Bach, one of the Bach remedies, you can just get that. And again, I use borage a lot for animals because it just uh, again, that's not something they can they can get it where I learned from. And it just really it's makes depressed dogs happy as people too. So, but I think some of the biggest ones are the Star of Bethlehem. And oh, now there's another one that I think is really great, and that's chamomile is really good for dogs because it has this um it's good for upset stomach. And a lot of anxiety dogs have have that. Wonderful. Thank you. And there's one more I'm going to tell you about because um, you mentioned training in the, sh- in the notes that you sent me. Mm-hmm. So um, I always reckon I recommend celandine because celandine opens up the communication between the animal and the pet parent. So if people want to train more, want to do thing- more things with their dogs, it creates more of a connection intuitively so they can both open up to each other and they can understand what's going on. And if you look at it, it looks like it's got little antennas up there. It's really interesting. It's a beautiful little flower. Again, the literal literal translation of so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Diane, this has been extremely fascinating. I've learned a ton. I have a much greater understanding of what flower essences are, how they work, and how they can help so many of our pets of mm. all species. So thank you very much. As we close, can you please tell, once again, our audience where they can find you if they want uh, information or counseling on flower essences? And also, do you have any last thoughts or pearls of information that you want to share with our audience? Well, they can reach us at healthyanimalhealing.com. And there's some flower flower essence um, ebook there for them. But you can reach out to us, any of us, anytime. We'd be happy to help you with anything. I just really think that I'm really trying to bring forth this wonderful modality, this vibrational modality for people that is so easy to use and so inexpensive to use. But um, just on general terms, it's just, it's it's a wonderful place to start helping your animal get that start from a place of balance yes yes well thank you diane um i'm so so happy that we had a chance to chat today and we'll make sure everything all those things get in our show notes okay all right thank you so much thank you diane and diane please consider this fair warning but i think i'm going to bring my baxter down to see you very soon he has never been balanced he has been a worry wart from the time we got him and i think this could be just the trick that he needs to kind of smooth him out a little bit i would love to meet him and i'd love to meet you happy to help i i just find it fascinating and i would love to please come down awesome thank you thank you for joining us we hope you enjoyed our show Follow us on social media at Petability Podcast. And please check out our affiliates and sponsors. Simply go to the show notes for information and links. Thank you and tune in next time.